Welcome back to the Laces Out Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Nathan Ray, and again, I'm surrounded by four degenerates, <laughs> including Corey Ginsberg, Mike Falcon, this is Tyler Pickford, Bobby Vito, and again, we're Laces Out Fantasy Football, and today we're talking about the guys that we don't believe in at their current ADP in PPR leagues. Um, we're talking about the guys we want to put caution tape on. Don't go after these guys, because uh, at the end of the day, you cannot win your league in your draft, but you can definitely lose it. And we're talking about 10 guys total, two guys each. Um, today we're going to start with the guy on my right, Bobby Vito. Um, I want to hear about your two guys that you have in mind, because I can't wait to argue with you. <laughs> All right, well, the two guys that I think are not really necessarily going to be bad players this season, but they are going to, uh, I think, uh, underperform their uh, average track position. Um, the first guy I have listed is Devontae Freeman, the running back for the Falcons. Um, the thing I'm worried about with Devontae Freeman, he, he runs hard, he's a really talented player, but he's kind of undersized. Um, and running as hard as you do, you know, like Marshawn Lynch, you can't do that without that size. He's only 5'8", he's like 200 pounds. Um, I think his injury history speaks for itself. Anyone that's bat, uh, drafted Devontae Freeman will probably agree with me that uh, he's a player to maybe shy away from. Um, especially if you're going to consider him as like an RB2. Yeah, I definitely had him last year, and it was a huge pain in the ass uh, having my, I think, second uh, round pick go down for pretty much the whole year. Um, but, you know, Tevin Coleman's gone. Do you mm -hmm. think that, you know, they're going to bring in another guy and continue to split the workload? You don't think Devontae Freeman is going to get more work now? I'm glad you asked that. I think there is a, a sleeper, um, if you pay attention to our uh, Instagram, uh, Marcus Green. Um, he is a running back uh, out of Louisiana Monroe. Um, I'm really excited for this guy to be the number two, actually, behind um, Devontae Freeman. Uh, I think he will pick up, he's gonna slot right into the Tevin Coleman role um, and eat away uh, carries from Devontae Freeman. So I would actually consider him a sleeper to look out for as well. It's a high risk, high reward uh, pick for sure. Uh, I can definitely see where you are putting the caution tape on here, but Devontae Freeman has had that last year was the only game where he played for less than 10 games. Uh, 2017, 14 games, 2016, 16 games, 2015, 13 games. And all those years, uh, he was a top 10 running back uh, when he was playing a lot. Uh, there's no reason to really believe that uh, that injury will sideline him uh, for longer, and I believe uh, that's a fine risk to take. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Bobby, where did you say his ADP was? Where is he being drafted? Uh, he's like in the late third, fourth round. A little high, a little high for somebody with an injury risk. I'll say that for you. I yeah. completely disagree. <laughs> I think Devontae Freeman's a good pick. It's like I, I early do. third round. Right? Early, I'm at 37. Yeah, so third round, that's fantastic. It's one of the best offenses in the league. He's a starting running back. I'm not worried about injury. I don't think that I you can, um, especially, I mean, one guy, I, mean, I get it, the last two years, it's been a little bit iffy. Well, actually, it was only last year, because last year he only played like one game, two maybe games. two games. Um, but 2015, 16, and 17, he played the majority of the year, had amazing seasons, and... He's laughing at him. You're there. saying the same thing, Corey. Just the exact said. same thing. That Did I you said. say that? Yeah. All of it. I'll be over here. <laughs> um, but 
What you guys are just saying is that Bobby is suffering from recency bias. You think that yes. he's discrediting way too much just based on the fact that he had a terrible season yes. last year. Mm-hmm. He's a 27-year-old running back in a fantastic offense. What a With old man. a ridiculous injury history again, um, we can look on that. <laughs> and what other injuries? To look back. He's had multiple concussions and hamstring injuries. Um, I don't know in front of me right now, but it's it's actually bad. <laughs> Bobby, the NFL does not care about concussions, yeah, so I don't bad. think we need to worry about uh, that. Yeah, Time will tell on that one. Who's your um, number two? He also has a short, one more thing on Devontae Freeman. He has a pretty hard schedule. Yeah, the Falcons are have the most expensive offensive line, so that should be good. Um, but he has the twenty five hardest schedule for running backs. Um, I think that the Falcons have an elite passing attack. Um, they're in one of the most highest scoring divisions in the league. Uh, they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. <laughs> um, and I just think that uh, Devonta Freeman is going to suffer for where you're going to get him. I like him Wait. in the end of the third, maybe fourth round, but I think if you're going... Hang on, I'm sorry. 25th hardest schedule amongst yes. running backs? Sorry, it's the 25th... Uh, <laughs> easiest schedule. So okay. that would be Second like hardest. the... Yeah, that's, yeah, that's different. Yeah, because I was going to say twenty fifth schedule. Fucking <laughs> by Devontae Freeman. Is yeah, twenty fifth uh, easiest. So that means it's uh, of yeah, it's a very difficult schedule on the back end. <laughs> right. Um. I I just don't think I don't want to deal with Devontae Freeman. I really, really again, I think Marcus Green is a rookie. You guys should keep your eyes out for. Um. He'll be the the you know the pass catching back on third downs probably, but I don't expect the Falcons to run it as much as everyone thinks. He'll get some rushing touchdowns, but um, I think he's overvalued. You sure. guys, you guys didn't see this, but when Bobby said Marcus Green, his eyes glazed over and rolled into the back of his head. So it's a good feeling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who's your terrible number two pick? Uh, my number is, uh, two pick uh, again overrated. I'm not gonna call this guy terrible. Uh, so chill. <laughs> but uh, George Kittle, um, absolutely fucking him for gross. the 49ers. Yeah, I think he had an amazing season last year. Don't get me wrong. Um, but we had a carousel of uh, quarterbacks for the 49ers. Who do like young uh, quarterbacks like to throw to or untalented quarterbacks like to throw to? It's always the tight end. That's their bailout guy. And I think that for sure, uh, with Garoppolo coming back, um, he's going to start throwing to his uh, more established wide receivers. Uh, do you have something to say that right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, you talk about like rookies and people who are inexperienced. How many... How many games has Jimmy Garoppolo actually started? <laughs> Journeyman Jimmy Garoppolo with what, like, how many games, games under Garoppolo his belt? Lost. He's Is definitely that, won that, more than that. In 2000, what was it 17? He went on like a seven-game win streak to close out the 49er season. Uh, pretty, pretty impressive. Uh, I'm not saying he's like Tom Brady or anything, um, but I think that Garoppolo will have more faith and ability to be able to get the ball out to his wide receivers. So uh, I'm sorry. The guy that was targeted 133 times last year, who's shown, who's shown that he can handle the workload, produce yards, is not going to be a favorite target for the quarter for the quarterback that's coming back to lead that team after what he saw him do last year. And we've seen nothing out of any of the wide receivers, even under Jimmy Garoppolo's control. Uh, again, I think uh, Kittle will possibly be the favorite target. It's hard to say for sure, um, but I do think that his uh, ADP is just a little overinflated. Okay, one more point. Uh, let's say that he does drop in yards because he had 1,300 yards. Would you not say that it is still valuable if he goes, let's say, 800 to 900 yards, but he gets an increase in red zone targets and touchdowns? 
because it will be a better offense under Jimmy Garoppolo, and he will be a They're primary like tight end three. Yeah, about right? where he was last about year. About where he is. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Again, uh, yeah, sure, that's fine. I think he's going to be fantastic, but he's going. His ADP is twenty seventh. That's uh, like the third or fourth pick in the third round for Kittle. Like, yeah, I'll take Ertz there. I'll take Kelsey there, but I want to wait until like the fourth and fifth. How far in differential points were they, all three of those players, last year? They were very close. Very close. Get up, hold up here. Again, they were very close, but Ertz and Kelsey are established, like, elites. We, Kittle may have had a fluke year. We don't really know this for sure. And I don't want to bet a third-round pick on a tight end that's going to be like that. I'd much rather go for my wide receiver two or running back two, getting the elite commodity before that drop-off cliff hits there. Um, I just think Cliff, uh, Kittle's over, overvalued. I think he's great. I think he's overvalued. All right. Closing comments on Kittle? Well, I'll just disagree with him. Sounds yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> Moving forward to Tyler. Who you got? They better be better. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just kidding, Poppy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm actually going to start with um, Patrick Mahomes. Ew. Who is Not better. Going... It is better. Yeah, well... It's as good. <laughs> <laughs> with Patrick Mahomes, whose ADP is 22 right now, which means he's going in the late second round, which for a QB at all is insane. Uh, but the reason I think that him going that high is so insane is because of the historic nature of the season he had last year. Uh, just just looking back, you know, if, if you look at history, like he had an amazing season last year, you know, 50-plus touchdowns. The, there's been three other seasons of 50-plus touchdowns ever in the history, right? Tom Brady did it. Peyton Manning did it. Not three other, three total. And Patrick Mahomes did it. So that's one thing. And we talk about like inflation of passing in the game. So we say, oh, well, more people are going to hit 50 touchdowns because we're passing more. But over the last 10 years, only 10 players have had 30 or more touchdowns. 10 quarterbacks have had 30 or more touchdowns. That's just over 3% of QB seasons. If you say, you know, 10 years, 320 quarterbacks have played 16 games. Less than 3% of them have thrown for over 30 touchdowns, let alone 50. I think that's a huge thing. And then, obviously, he also doesn't have Kareem Hunt and probably doesn't have Tyreek Hill. Sorry, Bobby. Unlikely. Or uncertain. (laughs) We don't know. Uncertain, sure. Uncertain, sure. Well, so would you say that... I, I, I I get the overrated... But would you still consider him your number one uh, quarterback coming off the board? Regardless of what round you're getting him in. If you were ranking quarterbacks right I mean, now, would you say that you think he's the number one quarterback still? He's arguably the number one quarterback. I like Andrew Luck more because I think he's better at football. But That wasn't the question. <laughs> well, no, it is. Andrew Luck. All right, all right, all right. Cut to your head, Tyler. <laughs> Luck or Patrick Mahomes right now? Fantasy football. Andrew Luck. Okay. Andrew Luck. Okay. Yeah, Andrew Luck. Okay. I'll right. put the gun away. <laughs> it's, it's not close. Here, here's the thing is, is right around that ADP of 22, you could be taking a quarterback, which is one of the deepest positions in fantasy football, and it's not close, right? Right around there, you can take, instead, you could take Mike Evans, you could take Keenan Allen, Marlon Mack, Zach Ertz, mm. George Kittle are all coming off the board around there. So, like, why are we wasting our time with this guy who's probably going to throw around 20 less touchdowns next year. Well, I guess I would say, who among us would choose a quarterback that high? I think most of us are probably in agreement that we prefer waiting to the later rounds as opposed to grabbing guys like Andrew Luck or Patrick Mahomes that are, you know, kind of taking up one of those valuable, like, wide receiver two, running back two, you know, roster slots, right? I want to disagree, but I won't. 
you're no. absolutely right. I'm, I'm definitely not taking him that high. None of us, none of us five are, of course, but we also, this is our year-round yeah. hobby, halfway to a job, right? So we're not taking quarterbacks, but for, for our listeners, especially for our more casual listeners, do not take Patrick Mahomes at the end of your second round. You will lose. As a general rule, just don't take a quarterback in the first four rounds of the draft. Just and don't if, do it. If there's a gun to your head, don't take Andrew Luck either. So. <laughs> yeah. If there's a gun to your head, feel free to take Andrew Luck. We don't want anybody dying over this. All right, who's your number two? I'll take. <laughs> My number two is Mark Ingram. Ooh, spicy. Yeah, yeah. AP of 51, so he's actually floating around just outside the fourth round, but I still think that that's too high. He's getting taken as the 23rd running back off the board. We have to consider he's getting older. He's moving into a new scheme. He also has Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, Lamar Jackson, and Kenneth Dixon all competing for carries. The Baltimore Ravens last year, they ran the ball more than anybody else, but none of their runners topped more than 25% of their carries, except for Lamar Jackson. So Gus Edwards right around 25, Alex Collins 20, Kenneth Dixon down at 11%. With Mark Ingram was with the Saints, and this is just the 12 games that he played, not the four that he missed. He had 36% of the carries there for 646 yards, 4.7 yards per cat, or yards per carry, six touchdowns. If we take those stats and project them onto a season with the Ravens, even if we give him that 36% of the carries that he's almost definitely not going to get, I think that's safe to say. But if he were to get that 36%, he's taking every carry that Gus Edwards had, and he's taking every carry that Kenneth Dixon had. If he continues at the same pace he did last year, it's 925 yards, seven touchdowns, and then we give him the same receiving stats from last year, 21 receptions, 170 yards, and a touchdown. That's, by the way, all of the receptions that Edwards, Collins, and Dixon had combined. So he's taking all the rushing work of two players, all the receiving work of three players when he comes in. Then he's he's good for a running back 22 finish last season if we project him at his very best-case scenario out over a full season. So he's being drafted at 23, which is the absolute ceiling, I think, of his performance this coming season. And so it's like a, an RB3 like three flex, you think, is a ceiling? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I and I really I don't think it's even close. Like I said, he's probably looking at seven to ten percent of the team's carries, fewer of the team's carries than he had in the Saints last year. Nate, you had. A- I, well, yeah, you were comparing him to people I don't think are even in the same realm of skill level. Do you really think he's on the, the Kenneth Dixon and? All these other guys, like Buck Allen, all those other guys, are on the same playing field as a Mark Ingram who's averaged, what, 4.5 yards per carry throughout his career, who nine-year career? I don't think they're, I don't think they're on the same level, but I'm saying okay. he's not going to go in and take every ounce of work that these guys had last year. So you're, again, like I said, you're projecting him for his best-case scenario, and you're drafting him at his absolute ceiling right there. If he yep. goes in and takes all the work from this backfield, which is unlikely to happen... Seeing as they run the ball so much, they're going to need to keep all their guys fresh. If he's just if he's going to be thirty years old and taking a pounding like that, he's he's going to get hurt, and you won't want to have drafted him anyway. Right. I mean, I am leaning kind of in the middle. I think where he's going, it's a fine pick. There's no big risk taking him in the fifth. But looking at guys that are going around the same time, like you can probably end up with Josh Jacobs. Uh, Philip Lindsay there, Carrion Johnson, Chris Carson, even Spider Man, uh, and uh, Mark Ingram. The only thing that worries me is his age of twenty nine, but I don't have much 
fear on taking him in the fifth round because he is going to be that possible flex starter, running back three, maybe even a four there, uh, where I'm just not going to be. I, I don't want to be taking a running back four in the fourth round. I'd be super clear about that, sure. even in the early fifth round. But I think that the best point that you made there was the players that are being taken around him, which are players that are being drafted that have a lot of upside. You're taking Mark Ingram at that spot, again, I'll say, at his absolute ceiling, which is where you lose value. In sure. And one thing I want to point out is I think when you say his absolute ceiling, I don't think his floor is that much lower. Like Corey was saying, it's it's a safe pick. Um, I think if you're going in the fourth round, there's a lot of volatility there. I definitely like Chris Carson more um, than him than Mark Ingram this year, but... Uh, oh, tell us more, Bobby. <laughs> I mean, Chris Carson's just, I think he's going into a, a more uh, versatile offense, I'll say. Um, they're not going to be stacking the box literally every single down. It's one of the reasons I don't like Mark Ingram. Uh, but I think his, his floor and his ceiling are very close. Like Corey's saying, it's a very safe pick. Um, and I think that's that's fine for around that um, time. Sure, sure. But, uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, I'm just kind of worried about those 30-year-olds taking a pounding. You know, when you get when you get close to thirty, taking a pounding, it's just harder and harder. And I know as somebody getting closer to thirty, I worry about taking a pounding all the time too. So, I don't know. My cousin takes a pounding just fine. Uh, anyway, <laughs> no more inside jokes here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last note I want to just put on Mark Ingram. I think the difference in that offense is going to increase his ceiling a little bit more than what he was in the Saints just for the sheer fact that Lamar Jackson is going to be able to spread that field out a lot more than Drew Brees. Because with Drew Brees, it was everyone worried about the past game when, when with Lamar Jackson, you have that, is Lamar Jackson going to run the ball? Is Mark Ingram going to run the ball? Lamar Jackson's not going to throw the ball. Who's getting the ball? <laughs> uh, and it's going to uh, cause a bit of a different situation with Mark Ingram. Again, uh, I don't see the fear in taking him in the uh, fourth or fifth round, uh, but I can totally understand why you would be wary. All right, so I think I got a kind of a challenge for you guys. I, I picked two guys. I don't think you're going to be able to argue against me very well because I feel like a lot of people would kind of consider these guys as potential busts for this year. So my first player is Darius Geis. So, highly touted rookie, um, had 1,200 yards in his last two seasons at LSU, um, was considered by a lot of people to be better than Leonard Fournette, who he was backing up at LSU, comes out, drafted by the Washington Redskins, um, looks to be the guy to take over, and then in his first preseason game, tears his ACL. Um, and this actually is the same leg that he hyperextended in college. So there is a little bit of a worry about injuries outside of just him tearing his ACL right there. Then he had three follow-up surgeries due to, in, uh, due to an infection. I mean, ugh, man, like this guy is getting drafted in the fifth round and he's just getting over all these surgeries. It, it just seems so, so risky. You know, having a guy coming back from such a major injury um, that wasn't even clear cut, you know? You have guys like Jamal Charles or Adrian Peterson tearing their ACLs, not having complications, and still com not coming back the same. So, I think the I know, get at me. <laughs> I think the injury history is concerning. Obviously, as every every injury history is concerning, and, and these guys play professional football for a living. They all have injury histories. Uh, I think that it's it's difficult for me 
to ignore his just elite production when it comes to college, just like tearing up college football. I think that he's he's coming off all that with convocation and everything, but he also hasn't been on the field for a year, so that was something like 250 fewer, you know, full-grown men that running into him again full oh, speed. His right leg is so rested. <laughs> yeah. His right leg is solid. It's fresh. I think yeah. there's also... Is that the one you said was infected and they had that multiple was, surgeries on I think that was his left leg. Oh, yeah, no, it's all it's all the right leg. Yeah, <laughs> I think that his situation also has a couple things to consider. I think that he got to go in there and, and sit behind and watch and learn from Adrian Peterson. You know, arguably the best running back in the history of the NFL. And I think that people tend to underestimate how much learning from a player like that you know can can affect a rookie, a young guy, and you know Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, stuff like that. Right? It's, sure. it's all over the place. So that's huge. I think that Dwayne Haskins is a big part of it. He threw 50 touchdowns as a one-year starter. He's going to open up that offense once he gets his feet under him, sure, but nonetheless. And then the last thing I'll say is that the the Redskins actually have a stellar offensive line. It has been decimated by injuries the last two years. I think Geis is actually, despite the injury history, in a really good situation to produce. Corey keeps waving at me. I just wanted to point out that injury concerns aside, with a player that young, you can only really gauge on where he's at in his recovery. And every single report is showing that he is absolutely on track to be in full gear, ready to go by training camp. Again, you shouldn't be drafting before then anyhow. So if he is at training camp, he is there, he's practicing. I don't see any problem with picking him in the fifth round whatsoever. So my biggest concern is usually these things aren't that clear cut, right? He goes into training camp, right? And he's getting limited reps. Or maybe he doesn't play any of the preseason games, right? Because, I mean, hey, maybe they want to hold him out of the preseason games after he tore his ACL in the first preseason game of last year, right? So then he's coming into the season. It's week one, right? He hasn't played a preseason game. He's been very limited in practice. Adrian Peterson had over a thousand rushing yards last year. You know, Chris Thompson's also healthy right now. They drafted Bryce Love, who's actually probably more broken than him, but you know, they are somewhat concerned. They have three running backs on that roster outside of him. You know, really wouldn't surprise me if they ease him into it, even if he is healthy, you know, kind of like what Todd Gurley did his, this will be a segue for later, uh, his rookie year, you know, where they brought him in slowly. And I mean, do you do you really want to deal with that? You know, him splitting carries with Adrian Peterson over a long time because Adrian Peterson is still a pretty legit running back. So I just, you know, I just don't think that you're going to be guaranteed the production that you want out of a RB2. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think <laughs> that, uh, to, to draft an, an untested... I mean, yeah, he did good in college, but there's a lot of players that have done well in college. Um, I think that he hasn't really proven himself in the NFL, and that's a very high draft pick uh, to waste on someone like that that isn't... You know, it's not like Saquon Barkley. We don't know he's going to come in and tear up the league. Yeah, I know, Bobby. Nobody is like Saquon Barkley. Well, just say, like, <laughs> that's a, a rookie that went high, yes. you know, that didn't really have an NFL experience, that everyone just kind of... You know, he's like generational talent. But Yeah, and, I, and I love him. I love his talent. If you're in a dynasty league and you can get him for cheap now, maybe pull the trigger on that. I have him in dynasty. I think he... Could that it is a possible buy low, but not in a redraft league. You wanna, you wanna talk Solo? Some, wanna talk some, talk some dynasty trades? Later. <laughs> Who's well, number two? We'll hash this out later. Uh, so my number two, uh, kind of birds of a feather, is Todd Gurley. So 
like people are drafting him in the first round and that to me is fucking insane like that is crazy so he didn't play the last two games of last year he played uh i think he hit 14 attempts in the last two playoff games of last year two of the most important games of his life two of the most definitely the most important days in sean mcveigh's life and they didn't (laughs) put out their the best player on their offense to me that's very concerning then they didn't tell us what was going on and they kept us in the dark and they're still pretty wishy-washy about how injured or what's going on with todd Gurley's knee okay so it's come out this offseason that he is arthritis in his left knee that's the same knee that he tore his ACL in uh, in college, right? Over the last three years, he has had over 250 carries. They've been running this kid into the ground, okay? I don't think he's going to keep up with that production, and it just boggles my mind that like people are drafting him over like DeAndre Hopkins. What do you want? <laughs> he keeps looking at me? He keeps looking at me? I, I think that your reaction to people drafting him is the thing that's fucking insane. I think that he's still, regardless of whether he was injured at the, at the last year, at the end of last year, and, and all of these, you know, you can't just call a guy a bust because he got injured last year. I think that he is an elite producer. I think that them bringing in someone to help carry the load actually is going to help a lot. And I think that them bringing in Darrell Henderson to take some of the carries is not bad for Todd Gurley necessarily. What it's going to mean is that he's going to play in those last two games of the season. He's going to be there for your fantasy playoffs. He's still going to be elite. He's still a great fucking running back, even if somebody's getting a target every once in a while. And I, I think that's the huge... And we look at the Saints, right? Look at the Saints. He's better than Mark Ingram, so he's not going to fall down to where Mark Ingram was doing with the Saints. And, you know, if they bring in an Alvin Kamara... He's still gonna. He's still gonna produce. He's still gonna be an yeah. awesome running back. All right, one second, Corey. Gun to your head, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> the gun's out again. You're putting so many guns. Does Todd Gurley play sixteen games this season? Gun to my head. Yes. <laughs> oh, put oh, a fucking gun to my head. You are going to be dead in January. <laughs> All right, what do you want, Corey? So, I think the argument is actually that his value is incredible for the number one running back last year. Uh, you're getting him probably in the back end of your draft. Picks six through eight, more than likely. Even if he finishes in the top five, that's an incredible value pick. And I agree with Tyler that them bringing in somebody to help carry that workload, I feel, is going to just improve his value. I I think the timeshare is going to hurt. I mean, they really want Darrell Henderson to play, man. They drafted, or they traded two third-round picks just to move up to get him. You know, they signed Malcolm Brown's offer sheet. Like, I just don't see him getting the 250, 270, you know, attempts that he's got in the last three years that's let him put up these just insane numbers. I think that he'll be a second-round value, like, pretty assuredly. I just, I'm just not willing to draft him over like Devontae Adams or DeAndre Hopkins or guys of that caliber, you know, where I feel a lot more safe and I know that they're going to be putting up really good, you know, production too. So I think, I think where we're disagreeing is, I think some like Corey and I are saying you can grab this guy at the end of the, se- the first and flip around and get an elite receiver. And you're saying grab an elite receiver, flip around and grab Todd Gurley if he's there. If he's not, you're still going to Oh, 100%. Sure. That would, and that would sure. be awesome. But, you know, I think, like, 
that's a pipe dream. I don't think Todd Gurley's going to be there in the second round no, by any not. stretch of the imagination. He had the most points per game of any player, <laughs> like uh, besides quarterback, of like running back smarter series, he had the most points per game. I think that, uh, again, his knee scares me. I really like Darrell Henderson as a prospect, but I think that I, I like him over DeAndre Hopkins, sure, but I still want to take Todd Gurley over like Le'Veon Bell or Melvin Gordon, a lot of these players that are going oh, you know, right around the same area. I would so much rather have Melvin Gordon. It's Melvin just, Gordon also has, also has an injury an history. history. Yeah, also he was injured injury at history. the end of last year, and uh, I forget who took over for him, but it was uh, Austin Eckler. 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 Eckler yeah. And there was another guy, too. Eckler was doing really well, actually, and kind of suffered when Melvin Gordon went down, yeah. right? Yeah. So... All I, all I was going to say is, if you, even if you took away 50 of those carries, he's still around 1,000 yards and 10 <laughs> touchdowns. I'm taking that all yeah. day. Yeah, I really am. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm drafting Darrell Henderson early, and it's going to be okay. Yep. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's all I was saying, because that, that still puts him in top five contention. 10, well, t- 10 11 touchdowns and no 1,000 yards. It's unreal. Yeah. Well, I think when to- they, now I'm just taking Darrell Henderson in the third round of every draft just to spite you. That's fine. You don't know if that was it's, just it's a, a point for me to make extra make sure that happens. But I think the point to address here is that you should definitely take Darrell Henderson if you get Todd Gurley. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's Agreed. A, that's 100%. Please make sure that happens. But let's move forward. Um, that was a great argument, actually. Uh, move forward to Cor- Corey. What you got? Ooh, I'm very excited about this number one because it's going to put Nate in a tizzy. Drew uh, Brees. No, I was hoping you were going to say tizzy. Oh, oh, I was. I was bringing up tizzy for this one. AJ Green is my player to avoid. So I was kind of stuck dead in the center when I was doing this on AJ Green. He has tremendous value in the third round. Absolutely tremendous. However, good talk, guys. How good? However, AJ Green is turning 31. He suffered a foot injury last year. And from what we've seen in history, as far as if we want me to be more specific, Nate, it was a toe injury. <laughs> Which toe? Uh, yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter. It's it was a it's toe. It's a big toe to say, you know. Hard-hitting questions. <laughs> uh, it was a toe injury. Uh, more specifically, turf toe in which he had to undergo ligament surgery to fix it. Turf toe. Everything that we have seen history-wise with players that received turf toe is it's going to be reoccurring. They're going to get injured again. Especially with the fact that he is a 31-year-old wide receiver. The two seasons that he has been sidelined by injury, he did not make it into the top 10 of wide receivers. In fact, he finished... That's crazy. It's It's like when you don't play, you can't score fantasy I know, it's weird. Whoa, Corey. Crazy to think. Next-gen stats. But unfortunately, even at the value pick of a third-round draft, I... I'm not going to target AJ Green for the sure fact that I'm 100% certain that he is going to re-irritate that toe injury and he's going to be sidelined at least a decent amount this season and he's not going to be anywhere worth the value in which you're getting him in the third round. What you got, Tyler? I just, I just want to say that I think that you couldn't be more wrong. Okay. That this was just an awful, Love awful it. pick mm-hmm. for a bust. But I do know that, that Nate is chomping at the bit to uh, 
kick your head in. That's all you got? Heck yeah, let's talk about it. No, I mean, because the thing is, I mean, you get somebody like an AJ Green, you can't make the argument for 31 years old because Julio Jones is the same exact age and he's Larry going, Fitzgerald and is how Okay, don't, not, not comparison. <laughs> uh, but, but 31 years old, Julio Jones still going in the first round, which there's a, there's a, deservingly so uh, without the injury. But you look at AJ Green last year, he was a guy who only played nine games. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, he didn't get in the top 10, but he was on pace to be the wide receiver 15. That's amazing. I'll take that production all for, throughout those nine games. Win me some games. I'm all about that. Plus, I'm getting Tyler Boyd later later on, just like the <laughs> just like I did in every draft. Um, but a guy like AJ Green, who throughout his entire career, six of eight years, he's had a thousand plus yards, six First touchdowns. Five years. Don't shake your head. Definitely happened. Uh, <laughs> your <laughs> don't shake your goddamn head. But the thing is, um, I'm taking a guy with that kind of upside who used to be a top five wide receiver, and just because of last year again recency bias, I totally understand. Turf toes are real. Okay, you get your turn. Um, <laughs> just because you know, last year for me, um, he had what six hundred plus yards and four touchdowns. I get what you're saying, but I'm taking a guy who has the potential to win you your league. And at the end of the day, you can have to you have to take a risk every once in a while in order to win your league. And I'm taking a guy like that who can win me at least nine games. Bonkers in the third round, like yeah. you said in the very absolutely, beginning, you're absolutely, absolutely crazy. In the third round. Yeah, I, if it was first round, totally agree with you, man. All right. I think he's very close to Julio Jones. It's like the injury history that I think pulls him back, you know, and definitely keeps him out of that first round. But he's talented, very talented. He's torn up the He's not Julio Jones talented. He's that's almost that's there. The almost the His, most incredible thing. How many times close. has A.J. Green led the league in receiving yards? How many times has Julio Jones? Almost every single year that he's been playing in the NFL. Mm-hmm. They are touchdowns. different athletes. That's that's touchdown dependency. That's not what we're talking about here. Fantasy AJ Green, yeah. he is going to re-irritate that toe injury. I guarantee it. And Put it on the board. He might, he might win you nine games, <laughs> but he is not going to be a long-term figure. And with a third-round pick, I would much rather target Zacherts, George Kittle, Keenan Allen, Amari Cooper. There's no way I'm taking it. So, Corey, would you say if I won nine games in the regular season, I would make it to the fantasy playoffs? Yeah. Cool, sign me up. Yeah, do you have A.J. Green uh, in the playoffs if he gets injured? In the late season? No, you don't. No, but I have a first-round buy. But again, so. going back to the original, what I said in the very beginning, you don't win it in the draft. You win it in, off the waiver wire. So hopefully you're picking up some people just to make sure that doesn't happen. Um, but move forward. I mean, it's a great argument. I get what you're saying. I just completely disagree. Well, let's not say it's a great argument. You're absolutely right. It was, a, being, me- it was a mediocre at best. I'm being it. nice. I'm being nice. <laughs> mediocre at best. I think you would find a lot of people that would agree with me. But moving on, my next pick would be Dalvin Cook who has a even more insane ADP. Uh, This man has played 15 in his last 32 games. In last year, last year's season, where he's played the most in his NFL career, his biggest span, which is seven games, week 10 through 17, he was the 16th best running back in that time frame. And he is currently being picked at number 23. There's no way I'm touching Dalvin Cook with a 10-yard stick. 23 overall? Huh? 23 overall. 23 overall, yes. About late second, second round. Would you touch him with a 15-yard stick? No. I wouldn't touch him at all. <laughs> oh, man. He's got the plague. I think, first of all, I'm, I'm bored of the injury thing. Like, let's stop projecting people because they got injured last year and, and, see, and talk about what they could do this year. 
I think Dalvin Cook is actually in a, a really good situation going into this year. Minnesota, a part of the reason he was a 16th ranked running back is because they had trouble committing to the run because they couldn't because the offensive line was terrible. But they did a lot this season to shore that up. They brought in Josh Klein, who played for the Titans, who were the seventh overall rushing offense last year. They drafted Garrett Bradbury at center, who's a big deal, the number 18 overall pick. The big thing for Garrett Bradbury that everybody says, everybody's excited about for him, is that he's perfect for a stretch running scheme. Gary Kubiak has come in as the assistant head coach and the offensive advisor, which means that they're gonna be running Gary Kubiak's offense, which is a West Coast stretch run offense that's been successful for a, just a ton of running backs. He learned it from Mike Shanahan back when he was the backup quarterback in Denver in the late 90s. Denver's had successful running backs for years despite what was going on with the rest of the team because that they use this stretch run West Coast play action offense that sets running backs up for huge success. So I think Dalvin is gonna come into the season on a team with an upgraded offensive line a new playbook that's going to accentuate his strengths. He's perfect for that play-action West Coast because he can catch the ball. So he can go in, take a play-action fake, run out into the flat, he'll catch the balls there. And I just think Gary Kubiak's going to do a lot to maximize Dalvin Cook this upcoming season. And I think that one of the reasons that the Vikings uh, offense suffered so much last season, obviously the coaching um, staff wasn't very good. They got fired mid-season. But, you know, they had uh, Kirk Cousins come in and they went from a team that has historically run the ball a lot um, to a team where they're asking Kirk Cousins to just throw all over the place. Um, and they weren't very successful. They had one of their worst seasons in kind of recent memory. Um, and I really think that they're going to try to get back to running the ball a little bit more, make it a little easier for Kirk Cousins, kind of set him up so then, you know, he can open up the backfield to his receivers yeah. and just be a more balanced offense. They were pretty unbalanced last year they didn't run the ball a lot. sure so increase the workload and I don't care if you are tired of the injury argument <laughs> I don't because if I'm picking guys in the first three rounds I'm going to pick the least risky and I'm sorry Dalvin Cook is too risky for me he has been injured every year since 2014 torn shoulder ligament torn ACL and then reoccurring hamstring injuries, and I'm just not going anywhere near. I, I don't think that, that value. In, injuries as, are as predictive as a lot of people like to think, and I think that a lot of players fall in drafts, not just fantasy drafts, but in the NFL draft because of, for the same reason, and it, and it comes back to bite people in the ass all the time. Gun to your head, Tyler. Would you draft Jordan Reed ever again? No. <laughs> can, you, can you elaborate? Point's been Why? made. Why? No, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't draft Jordan Reed because... He has an injury history? No, not because he has an injury history. Because of his production last year when he wasn't injured. So I'm not basing on his injury history. I'm basing it on production. Okay. It was not bad. hindered at all by any previous injuries at all. And in any way, shape, or form. Can you say that for sure? I mean, no. Gun to my head, no. yes. Really. <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm putting guns to my head. <laughs> well, the gun's at Nate's head right now. Yeah, exactly. Continue. I'll put the gun away. Uh, that's all I have for Dalvin Cook. Don't go near him. I mean, I agree with you, so that's why He's I didn't talk. So I, I don't want to talk about how <laughs> I much agree. I agree with you. Is it on to me? Yeah. Beautiful. Let's talk about Chris Carson and his injury Ooh, history. Okay. Let's do it. Let's hold do on, it. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> First and foremost, I didn't get to crack it. Cheers. 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 I was too busy talking about things that people already <laughs> talked about in the beginning. Sorry about that, Corey. I just completely destroyed everything that you talked about. Let's talk Spider-Man. <laughs> Let's talk Spider-Man. 
He's, he's an injury risk, man. Uh, how do I know that? Because uh, he played 18 of 32 possible games in his career so far. Let's go through his injury history because it's important. Okay? 2015, sprained his ankle. I've been there. Broken thumb, 2016. That's all right. Pulled hamstring, NFL combine. 2017, he fractured his leg. That sucks. 2018, we don't really know. We just know that he had surgery. And the thing is, when Pete Carroll comes on and he says, hey, everything's cool, he's a freaking liar. Right? That's what happened with Richard Sherman. That's why he got in trouble with the league. I don't know if you guys remember that. But he got in trouble with the league because he was like, yeah, Richard Sherman's fine. Mm-hmm. He's playing his MCL. Like, right. He shouldn't have been playing. He Talk lied. He just deliberately <laughs> lied and said, no, everything's cool for a full things. season. It is what it is. But anyway, I think that is important. 18, I mean, he's played half of his games. That's terrifying. Right? I think that he's a great talent. I think he is Spider-Man. I think he does some crazy stuff. But I also think that doesn't bode well for his production. I think that if you're going to be reckless and you're going to do, you know, front flips over people, you're going to end up getting injured. I see you, Corey. But <laughs> I, I don't think that's going to bode well over a prolonged season, especially when you look at Seattle's defense. Legion of Boom is long gone. I think we'd all agree with that, right? Mm-hmm. The defense is not nearly as good as they used to be. They don't have the moving parts. The only person I can really name on that team is Bobby Wagner. Awesome player, <laughs> but I'm not going to go any further. and There's no need. They're not going to be nearly as good, which means they're not going to be able to be – they don't have the ball hawks. They don't have the corners that are actually going to – be able to put them in position to run the game out with, say, a Chris Carson or hmm, one of the other seven running backs they have on their depth chart. How many? Yeah, so they have seven running backs on their depth. Ty- Tyrone Swoops. Tyrone Swoops is not making the team. Oh, I'm sorry. That's that's tight end. My, my apologies. But if we look at uh, Bo Scarborough, Adam Choice, Travis Homer, CJ Procyus, uh, JD McK- McKissick, important Rashad M- Rashad Penny and Chris and, and Chris Carson. That's seven. I say Rashad Penny and McKissick are the only two. It may be both. I agree. Scarborough. They're the only ones that matter, but it's important to know they have seven. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> deep, um, and they definitely know that they're a running team. I think that shows that they have a lot of depth of position that they value the most behind Russell Wilson. Obviously, he's the most uh, richest man in the NFL. He matters a lot. But I think that um, Chris Carson, uh, if you listen to coach talk, I know we, you know, we're talking about injury history and things like that. Like Chris Carson is one of Pete Carroll's in love with this guy. Mm. He talks about how much of a hard worker he is. He talks about how he wants the job mm. more than anyone yeah. there. Yeah. I think that that drive, uh, you know, complementing his natural ability uh, as a running back, he can do all these crazy flips and shit. I think that you know he's almost steal. Um, at his ADP, he's going in like the fourth round right now. Yeah, um, he's 48th overall, round four. All right, so the very, very end, the tail end of the fourth round. I think if you you definitely get him in the fourth round, he's going to be uh, one of the best RB twos mm-hmm. um, in the league. He's obviously not an RB one, but I think he's a very serviceable RB two. Go ahead, Corey. So Chris Carson, insane value in the fourth round. He was the fourth most explosive running back last year with the sixth most yards after contact uh, in the entire league last year. He's still in a run-heavy offense. They're going to give him the football a lot. And last year, he finished with 1,151 yards and nine touchdowns. At, in the fourth round, I don't see how you can pass up a guy like Chris Carson. I think I kind of explained it already. But, um, <laughs> I mean, I get it. He had a great season last season. I mean, we can all, we can all look back and say that. Go ahead, Mike. Well, I just think, like, they wasted a first-round pick on Rashad Penny. Like, they're not just going to dump him. You know, uh, Chris Carson was picked in, what, the sixth round, seventh round? In seventh round, yeah, they don't give those guys as long of a leash. If he stumbles or he stops producing, 
Like, they're going to go to Penny, and if Penny can start or getting anything going, like, I just see a changing of the guard so quick because they have so much invested in Penny. I'll, I'll come to you in a second, Tyler, but, but but listen, I mean, we look at last year, I, I agree, when his production stops, I don't agree with this. I mean, it was soon as... They, I mean, they will drop him like a bad habit in a, in a heartbeat as soon like as they're like, you know every what? NFL team does with Like every NFL backs. team, exactly. But here's the thing. Do you think that the Seattle Seahawks are actually going to win more or less games than they did last year? With well, their how, many team? Points, how many games they win? Like nine games, eight games? Yeah, they, they lost six. I'll All tell right. you how I know that in a second. So, All right, so I, I mean, think... I mean, it's it's a it's a tough division. NFC West, yeah. probably one of the toughest. It's only divisions. getting harder. This is Kyler Murray in the league. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the Cardinals don't aren't the shittiest team. Hopefully, in yeah. the NFL going forward. Yeah. But the 49ers get Garoppolo back. The Rams with the fucking Rams. Yeah, and uh, I think it's gonna be tough. I think they're gonna lose more. And that's then the point of that was, and the reason why I paid attention to their six losses is because in the six losses he averaged ten carries, sixty nine yards, and point four touchdowns. That's bad production. Right, mm-hmm. that's not helping you. That's not carrying you to a potential win. I know Tyler, you wanted to say something, but okay, no, you didn't. Uh, I, just but, to, I just wanted to argue with Mike. I love it. Moment passed. I love it. But the thing is, I just don't think they're going to win enough games. I don't think their defense is good enough to even put them in the position to do that. I think they're going to be behind. I think they're going to use their their freak of an athlete, DK Metcalf, surprise <laughs> they had had such dry cap, uh, high capital on him. So um, I just don't want him in the fourth round because of it. He just reminds me of kind of like a Bryce Brown from like the Eagles, like one of those like seventh round picks or undrafted running backs who comes in because of like an injury is like really, really hot. Everybody's really, really high on and then disappears in a year. Right. right, we've only seen like one good season of production, and they just drafted a first I mean, round running back. So that's just he that, did get too much for job me. last year before he got injured. I mean, two years ago before he got injured, mm-hmm. the year he was drafted. Yeah, like he earned that job. He got injured that year, and then they went and uh, drafted um, Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny, who's a better one, and he won the and job. Still beat Rashad him. Penny, he beat our Penny. Penny after got he was injured. injured. I mean, yeah, he beat Penny. Did he beat? Penny only lost that job because he was injured. I mean, no. I can't say definitively I wasn't in the room, no. but I know that he got injured and he couldn't play. So that well, guys, I was in the room. We'll have to uh, check this out. But I'm pretty <laughs> certain that Penny was uh, fully healthy when yeah. Carson took the number one uh, job from him. I think Penny got injured later on in the season. Might have been right. Yeah. Um, and I think that just goes to prove again, like this guy works hard. If we want, we want to talk about how Tyler doesn't like injury reports and things like that because <laughs> some players bounce back. Adrian Peterson bounces back from a crazy injury. Be, you know, leads the league, almost breaks the rushing record. Like some guys have that drive. You know, it like it sparks them to become something great. I think Chris Carson has that you know intangible asset, whereas some other players injuries can ruin their careers. But I think Chris Carson is immune to that. Go ahead, Doug. I like what you brought up there about the work ethic, and this actually goes a little bit back to my point that was arguing with Mike. So I'd want to throw it out there now. Oh, you want to get into it now? Yeah, let's oh, get, into, get it. into it. I think that the argument that they invested first round capital in Rashad Penny is not a is not it's a it's a good argument. It's not the best argument because they also paid Matt Flynn a shit ton of money. And then Pete Carroll went out and said, Oh wait, this guy wants the job more. I'm gonna put this third round rookie in and that third round rookie is now the highest paid quarterback in the league. Yes, but they also invested a decent amount of capital in Russell Wilson. A third round pick, sure. Yeah, and you're right. It doesn't necessarily correlate exactly, but I I think that it speaks to the culture in Seattle. Sure. Okay. I definitely agree. And just to kind of bounce off that real quick, NFC West, the Cardinals drafted Josh Rosen first uh, with their first round last Which year. Which is a mistake. We, we can see. all agree. Yeah, sure. Uh, but it, it just goes to show that even an established GM like Steve Kime uh, 
doesn't give a shit about what happened last year. You know, sometimes you gotta move forward, um, forget about the past, whatever happened, and take <laughs> your best guys and it, try and win a championship. And of, taking the best guys, I'm taking, I'm taking Kenyon Drake, who, who who finished higher than him, as well as Tariq Cohen, a hundred percent in that same exact fourth round. I would agree with you, Nate. Yeah. I would take both of those guys over Chris. Cohen. I just, I, I, I want to. And I think Bobby agrees as well. I, I want to go back I to Mike. Just, just, I want to go back to Mike really quick, just because I can't wrap my head around his draft argument. We can have fights now because Tom Brady was a sixth round pick, and he's the best quarterback the league has ever seen. The best football player and the best looking. Yes, hmm. absolutely yes. the best looking. <laughs> uh, so I, and Arian Foster was an undrafted free agent. That argument, if the player is good enough, is garbage. That's a garbage argument. Would you say that Chris Carson is on the level of those players though? Ooh. Obviously generational talents come around and they slip through the cracks and maybe they make the team and they become these generational talents. I mean, I if we're talking, that guy. if we're talking about Arian Foster specifically, possibly because Arian Foster is only getting on topic here. Only four or five. It's per- too, great. R.I.P. It's too bad we're not R. talking R. about Arian Foster. R.I.P. <laughs> so Speaking of caution tape, we're, we're throwing that to the wind. Yeah, All right, here we go. Yeah, yeah, don't Just draft him. Guy. Yeah, he's he's done. My second guy is. Draft. I think it's obvious. I'm gonna find it really hard to believe if any of you are gonna disagree with me, and that's Leonard Fournette. Actually, you might, Bobby might disagree with me, but let's talk about, I mean... What's his ADP? <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about money. Let's talk yeah. capital. <laughs> um, no, real quick, we'll come to Tyler, and then we'll go there. Go ahead. What do you have to say about my boy? I just... That I don't like. My big argument is that there's no other offense there. So, regardless of the injury history, and <laughs> regardless of the attitude problems... They're, they don't have anybody else to give the ball to. Backing them up, Alfred Blue and Thomas Rawls. Thomas Rawls has one good season to his name on the heaviest running team in the league at the time. Alfred Blue has stepped in for injured players time and time again and hasn't really been able to push for a starting role. Hell of a handcuff, though. Oh, yeah. yeah, sure. yeah I'll pick up Alfred Blue if you pick up Fournette, for sure. But none of their wide receivers are proven. Nick Foles, I don't know. We'll see about Big Dick Nick. I'm not 100% sold on him as a 16-game starter. But, you know, that's my opinion. None of the wide receivers are proven. He doesn't have any chemistry with them. I think the entire offense goes through Leonard Fournette, you know, until something else changes. You think they brought in Big Dick Nick to just run the ball the entire time? I don't know that Big Dick Nick can not run the ball. He's had He had success in something like, what, six or eight games in Philadelphia, and outside yeah. of that has been a below mid-level starter in mm-hmm. every other quarterback situation. He's had success in Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> Exclusively, <laughs> so and I, I think that's on that. I think that's I, I mean, he's played the majority of his career there, but I get what you're saying. I mean, he's played there twice. I understand that. Like some of us remember what stands. happened, yeah, uh, in St. Louis. Or yeah. St. Louis, thank you. Like, okay, okay, so you can't bring that up. Look at the team that was around. Relax. All right. Oh, anyway, no. Mike, what do you got? I just, I just think they brought in Big Dick Nick to not completely fuck everything up when the game is going okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, like Bortles was a liability, mm-hmm. and Nick might not be the most talented quarterback but 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 he's better than Bortles and Mm -hmm. if he's not gonna win the game at least he won't lose it well that's exactly the type of quarterback I'm talking about 
Yeah. The one that lets the running back win the game for them and doesn't lose the game. Exactly. That, that bodes well for Fortnite. I'm not sure if that's the point you were making. I know. I, hey, bud, I'm agreeing with you. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not used yeah. to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm just not, I personally, I'm not taking a guy, and I talked about it in actually our Instagram post. Please follow. Um, but <laughs> 3.6 yards per carry throughout his career. Right, it's been a short career, but 3.6 yards that doesn't cut it in this league. I, I understand he's the only guy there. That's great. I mean, look at Peyton Barber. We all talk about that guy. I don't think he's. I don't think Peyton Barber is on the on the same playing field as Leonard Fournette. Uh, nor does he have as big of a head. But uh, I don't. I just don't think. <laughs> That was terrible. But I don't think that uh, a guy in the third round, he's 28th overall, by the way, um, should be drafted, especially because when you look at the guy that they, that's who's their off- offensive coordinator, John DiFilippo, who, I don't know if you, do you know why he got fired from the Vikings? John DiFilippo? Yeah. Because he, he got, ran. Yeah, he never ran the ball. Yeah, he, 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 <laughs> because he threw the ball too many times, too many passing plays. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. I don't want a guy, an offensive coordinator, to be like, eh, not him, not the guy who's unproductive. Let's give it to Nick Foles. Sure, I, I, I like the I like the offensive coordinator <laughs> argument. I think that's a really good. Point. It's important. No, no, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think I think it's a really good point. But I also think that I forgot my comment. Well, <laughs> I'll step in and uh, thank help you out there, you, Tyler. Um, so you're saying that they want to throw the ball more, yep. and you know it's not like he's not involved in the receiving game at all. So in his yep. first season, you know, playing 13 games, he did have 300 receiving yards. And his second season with only eight games, he had almost 200. So he's not non-existent in that area. And, you know, like 13 games, 1,000 yards, nine touchdowns, plus your receiving yards, like that's pretty good for 13 games, you know. Like he's winning you – he's helping you win those 13 weeks, right? And it's a day-by-day thing. Like, you know, you got to play the waiver wire. You need to handcuff this guy, sure, but I, I just think I, I get that. But I do think that production or lack of product productivity actually will it'll catch up to him. And then then you have guys like Benny Cunningham, who I love, by the way. Came I from do the Rams. too. He's a, he's amazing. He's the, their fourth. The Rams. He came from the Bears. Yeah, good talk. But so does Thomas Rawls. You used to love Thomas Rawls. Uh, Thomas Rawls mm-hmm. is on their team, but also they they they. I mean, it's pretty low draft capital, but Ryquell Armstead, who actually came out of Temple, averaging 5.4 yards per carry. You want to talk about it? Um, well, you don't like that. Anyway, six foot <laughs> or 5'11", but 220 pounds. He's a straight bulldog. Nobody He's going will, to do well. Nobody will take I, away your inch. Don't worry. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Go ahead, Corey. I'm sorry, but... I'll come to Tyler afterwards. Ryquell Armstead, Benny Cunningham, and Thomas Rawls are not beating Leonard Fournette for Who that Who are job. these people? <laughs> Thank you. Um, and then I think everybody knows who they are. Let's look at the rest of that offense. Who's the number one wide receiver for Jacksonville Jaguars? D.D. Westbrook, fucking stud. It's between Marquise Lee and D.D. Westbrook. What does that have to do with anything? But in any case, that's the production that Nick Foles is going to be throwing to. Yeah. That offense is going to be completely on Leonard Fournette's shoulders. I think D.D. Whip the production is a really good season. The production is going to be there for Leonard Fournette. Okay. We'll see. We haven't even talked about his injury history, but we won't have to. No, let's, let's skip that. <laughs> Go ahead, Tyler. I remembered what my point was, and it'll be Continue. the last thing I'll say on Fournette. With an ADP of 28, he's going mid-third round. Mm-hmm. So what I'm thinking is mid-third round... We're coming through the first round. You're probably picking up the tail end of those, you know, first five or six elite running backs. So I start with Melvin Gordon. I come around in the mid-second round and pick up a solid wide receiver one, somebody like Mike Evans. Mm-hmm. I flip around and I take Leonard Fournette as my volume-based running back two. Okay. And I think I'm in a solid spot. Okay. Let me ask you a question. If I were to say, hey, look, Leonard Fournette is being drafted above Marlon Mack, Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry, and Aaron Jones, do you take him over them? Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm asking Tyler. Gun to your head. 
<laughs> you stole my gun. That's right. No, no, I, I think you don't. I think there are better values. Than and I don't think they do really, <laughs> but they're just saying that to be to play devil's advocate. Sure, no, that was a good point. Or that was a good the point. Finkel over here, if you will, <laughs> <laughs> playing the Finkel, the Einhorn. Sure, but I mean, I, do you, Bobby? I would take him over probably all those guys except okay. for maybe Aaron Jones. Actually, okay. I think that Leonard Fournette um, is going to be like. The injury history is something that I think we should bring up because I own Leonard Fournette in Dynasty, and I know uh, that he has uh, brutal, you know, right? Ankles, <laughs> but <laughs> or lack thereof. He doesn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he doesn't have ankles. Um, it's uh, but they're gonna lean on him. Um, I've been paying attention to him because he's he's had gone through some shit this off season. He went through some shit last season, uh, off the field issues. He uh, got caught driving for a suspended license or something ridiculous. Um, some problems. But I think that uh, he is going to be leaned on. Nick Foles, while he is one of the biggest boom-bust quarterbacks of all time, um, Super Bowl MVP, and then he got cut from the Rams uh, under Jeff Fisher, um, <laughs> I think that like he is going to be better than Bortles. He's going to open up the field, allow uh, Fournette to not have to deal with so many stacked boxes, and to increase his average yards per carry. Um, I think they're, they've already come out and said a couple days ago that they're going to lean on him. They're going to focus on Leonard Fournette. Um, you know, and they're gonna give three point six yards per carry because of it. yeah, but they're gonna rush the ball like thirty times, and yeah. that'll be fine. You yeah, know, he's gonna get two, a couple times, maybe one to two touchdowns a game, maybe, maybe. Um, yeah. You know, at least I think like he's gonna get focused. He's gonna get force fed the ball. Nobody else is gonna take it. I think if you can get a bell cow running back, he's one of the few bell cows out there. Like always, you know, the Steelers, Kansas City, they might have a guy, but I think that Linfernet is, you know going to be force fed the ball you're going to get the volume i get it and if he does stay the starting running back i totally 100 percent agree that he will be the bell cow i don't think he'll be productive i think that production is i mean and having the volume is everything but i just do believe that eventually he, they are going to turn away from him so do you think that he gets uh injured or he gets cut both no he will not get cut but they did talk about getting rid of him in the offseason <laughs> They got. They, they talked about getting rid of him in the off season. So um, I just. I just. I personally am not going to take him in the third. I'm taking four or five other running backs above him, and that's mm -hmm. my point. I'm trying to make. Okay. Yeah. I mean, right. I think that he's definitely. Uh, you know, middle towards the end of uh, the low RB two category. Yep. Um, but and in the third round, you're, that's not what you're drafting him as. Mm -hmm. That's away. fair. Get I, him I away. Think from if you me. can get him in the fourth round, that's great. Yeah. Uh, the third round, you're right. It's probably yeah. too soon. You want to get your established. You know, give me some guys. fresh ankles out there. Sam? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, but anyway, I think that's that pretty much wraps up our, I guess you can call them hot takes of our of our guys that you should just definitely not take. Except um, for AJ Green. Except for AJ yeah, Green, that's yeah. just ridiculous. Oh, terrible. We can all agree with that. Uh, <laughs> then we can just knock. Yeah, yeah, yeah knock on that fucking wood. wood because he's gonna <laughs> break his goddamn toe. Too. <laughs> I was a little aggressive. We do not advocate um, for injury on this podcast. We do not. We don't do that. But hey, guys, hey, we appreciate you listening in. If you can all just go to our Instagram, Laces Out Fantasy Football, like, follow, subscribe, take a look at the podcast, like everything. Tell everybody. Tell your mother about who we are, what we're all about. Because she'll probably. Like it. What was that? She'll like it. Yeah, she'll like it. Moms love us. And, and we're out. I appreciate you guys.